Welcome, market participants, to another Three Things in Credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. It's deja vu all over again, with markets having to confront the reality and uncertainty of yet another COVID spike. This is getting old. In any event, let's get started. This week, our three things are, one, the UK versus COVID. Its spike in new cases, despite 92% of adults having antibodies, could serve as a harbinger of what's to come in the US. You'll want to stay on top of this story. Two, the upcoming July jobs report might be the most inconsequential one of the pandemic era. We'll tell you why. Three, Boeing and GE, two industrial mainstays undergoing what their respective managements call transformations. We'll check in. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. In early July, the UK Health Secretary warned that new COVID-19 case counts could quadruple to a record 100,000 a day after almost all lockdown restrictions were lifted July 19th in what quickly became known as Freedom Day. Opening up fully in the face of an expected surge in infections courtesy of the Delta variant struck many as odd, to say the least. But this was more than a simple case of pandemic fatigue or an irresponsible political gambit. It was a bold experiment to test what the health secretary called the UK's, quote, huge wall of defense, unquote, where some 92% of adults have antibodies against COVID-19 driven by vaccination rates that rank among the highest in the world. A week or so ago, 88% of adults in the UK have had at least one dose, and 69% have had two. The UK experience is closely being watched as it will set an example for other countries, like the US, who are facing a similar surge in cases. So what has been the experience? According to the FT, scientists have been surprised and delighted that the surge hit only 55,000 cases a day and has since plummeted to under 25,000 cases before bouncing up more recently to 28,000, no doubt reflecting the effects of Freedom Day. Now, scientists in the Johnson administration are cautious in declaring victory, but the trend is clearly our friend. In addition to high levels of immunity from the vaccines and past infections, experts also point to behavior. UK citizens putting into practice steps to reduce the risk of exposure as contributing to the relatively positive results. And so too is the end of the school year, the passing of the Euros football tournament, and the onset of summer. Now as for the US, it's a good news, bad news story. While deep cultural divides are likely to keep vaccination rates below that of the UK, making the economic disruption more significant, the UK experience does provide some comfort that worst-case scenarios for the fall are less likely to occur. As an overarching comment, the US has adapted remarkably well to living with the pandemic. And to be clear, that is a function of two things, the technological pull-forward and stimulus. Technology has enabled many aspects of everyday life, work, school, shopping, to move forward with various degrees of success. And stimulus, not to mention a super accommodative Fed, has provided the safety net allowing most impacted sectors to live for another day. And from a credit market's perspective, 
Knowing the federal government is backstopping risk in worst-case scenarios is now part of the credit equation, and that is something that the rates and currency markets will have to consider. All right, on to our second thing, the upcoming July jobs report. If it's possible to have an inconsequential jobs report in the pandemic era, this might be it. Yes, we expect strong growth in non-farm payrolls as the recovery gains momentum. Bloomberg consensus currently sits at plus 950,000 jobs. But uncertainty about the future has increased dramatically because of the surging Delta variant caseload. Remember, the jobs data is gathered mid-month. In this case, that's mid-July, when COVID-19 risk was only beginning to affect consumer and commercial sentiment. At the time, the Atlanta Fed's GDP Now estimate for Q2 real GDP growth stood at a whopping 10.5%. Investor focus had moved on to inflation and speculation around when the Fed would revise forward its tightening plans. Well, a lot has changed since then. New cases of COVID have jumped tenfold from 8,100 on June 14th to 81,000 today, and the seven-day moving average is back to levels we saw back in April of 2021 and October of 2020. You know from my comments earlier that there is considerable uncertainty as to how COVID will play out in the U.S. And even though we've gotten used to living with the virus and its variants thus far, the Fed is keenly sensitive to its progression as it holds an important key to the timing of its tightening plan. Now let's take you back to the central bank's most recent monetary policy report released July 9th. As part of its special topics, the Fed addressed the uneven recovery in labor force participation. Among the factors it cited for this weakness were two directly related to the pandemic. One, potential workers' fear of getting sick when returning to a workplace. And two, caregiving demands arising from having to stay home to take care of kids schooling virtually. These two factors, along with the surge in retirements, are creating the substantial slack the Fed sees in the labor force. Falling case counts, along the lines of what we saw through the spring, would open up schools and offices, allowing those potential workers worried about getting sick or providing necessary home care to re-enter the labor force. It goes without saying that rising case counts and all of the uncertainty that surrounds the variants, both current and prospective, will work against the Fed's maximum employment target, negatively impact economic output, and ultimately keep the Fed on hold. All right, on to our third thing. Light at the end of the tunnel for a couple of industrial stalwarts undergoing multi-year transformations. At the outset of the pandemic, odds were stacked considerably against two industrial corporate mainstays, General Electric and Boeing, that had been architects of their own destruction. GE, with a long history of poorly executed conglomerate strategy that finally caught up to it, and Boeing with quality control issues. Massive losses piled up at each as new managements made best efforts to clear the decks. Credit investors in both absorbed significant losses as ratings plummeted. Both reported earnings this week, actual profits, which in and of itself is noteworthy as both have been riddled by massive losses as they've restructured into more defensible competitive positions. GE is ahead of Boeing and it's pulling off of the proverbial band-aid and both have not yet put all of their known problems in the rearview mirror, but there is room for optimism. 
Boeing surprised the market by not only reporting a quarterly profit, its first since Q3 of 2019, but also that its cash burn had been significantly reduced and it is not laying off as many people as previously announced due to the recovering strength of its business. Those are important positives, but it still has work to do. It did announce that discovery of another manufacturing flaw in its 787 Dreamliner will further delay deliveries. This on the back of another flaw discovered back in April that halted deliveries of 737 Maxes, which have now resumed. All the while, the company continues to undergo what new management has deemed a transformation of its business. This is less about divesting of non-strategic assets. This transformation is one of process within existing businesses to create long-lasting change, and that is more challenging. Over at GE, a second quarter operating profit was welcome news, as was an improved outlook for free cash flow. Revenues are rebounding, margins are expanding in three of its four industrial segments, and operating efficiency is on the rise as costs are stripped out. The company remains on track to meet its deleveraging goal over the next few years of net debt to EBITDA of less than two and a half times. Management at GE is also set on transforming its business, which seems to focus more on business mix and adjusting capital structure, i.e. paying down debt. GE acknowledges, however, that improvements are needed in safety, quality, and cost improvement. In any event, management characterized its transformation as accelerating. It feels to us like its transformation is indeed a step ahead of Boeing's. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, the UK versus COVID. Its strong wall of defense seems to be holding. Lower vaccination rates in the US introduce more uncertainty. Two, the upcoming July jobs report might be the most inconsequential one of the pandemic era. The story has moved on to how the Delta threat will affect consumer and commercial confidence. And three, Boeing and GE, two industrial mainstays undergoing what their respective managements call transformations. GE appears to be further along. As always, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on KBRA.com for our latest rating reports and research. See you next week and stay safe.